All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to At Close of Business. This is Simone Grogan with your top stories this Monday afternoon. Premier Roger Cook has backed in the state's close relationship with the resources industry amid concerns over the government's handling of Environmental Protection Authority guidelines scrapped in 2019. Mr Cook threw his support behind the sector this morning after the former head of the EPA alleged that then-Premier Mark McGowan had personally pressured him to scrap draft emissions guidelines four years ago. Those guidelines had required major projects exceeding 100,000 tonnes per annum of emissions to fully abate their carbon output. Industry alleged the guidelines were not in line with the consultation guidance it provided the EPA, with a significant campaign from industry led by Woodside Energy. Speaking this morning, Mr Cook said the former Premier had conducted himself appropriately in expressing his view to then-EPA Chair Tom Hatton in 2019 and dismissed calls for an inquiry. He highlighted that Mr McGowan had been vocal about his interactions with the EPA and said the independent body ultimately made the right decision. In other news, Education Minister Tony Booty says a new Western Suburbs High School is one of several options being considered to address the growing education needs of the area. The Minister and Premier Roger Cook today announced a $53.9 million expansion at Bob Hawke College in Subiaco, incorporating arts facilities highlighted by a 350-capacity performing arts centre. The expansion marks the completion of the college and will facilitate its growth from current enrolment of 1,281 students up to 2,000 expected by 20. 2025. Enrolment capacity in the western suburbs has come into the spotlight in recent months, with the impending closure of private school Loretto Nedlands by the end of 2023 a hindrance to the state's strategy to increase educational capacity. The Department of Education is in the process of preparing a planning strategy for the western suburbs, and Dr Booty said its findings would guide decision-making. And lastly, Liontown Resources and Albemarle have struck a non-disclosure and exclusivity agreement allowing the US lithium giant to proceed with due diligence. It comes exactly a week after the Kathleen Valley lithium developer Liontown Resources revealed intentions to accept a $3 per share cash takeover from Albemarle in a transaction that would be worth about $6.6 billion should it go ahead. Liontown's board at the time said its intention was to unanimously recommend the takeover in the absence of a superior proposal. Albemarle has also said its offer is best and final, having previously put three proposals forward. And that's all from me this afternoon. You can read more on these headlines at businessnews.com.au. Coming up next on the podcast, Jack McGinn and Mark Powell discuss how Quinana has shaped up as a hot spot for battery link development. Celebrate business leaders, entrepreneurs and trailblazers with business news events. With our flagship event series, bespoke online events, webinars, book launches and gala awards programs, our forums showcase the policies and issues affecting Western Australia within industry and government. Our events are your platforms to engage and connect with the Western Australian business community. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash events for more information. Welcome back to our Close of Business. I'm Jack McGinn. Today I'm joined by Mark Pownall. Mark, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Jack. Very well indeed. That's good. Mark, uh, there's been a lot of talk and, you know, a lot of figures thrown around around downstream processing in the battery materials sector of late, sort of coming from the top uh, with Roger Cook, Premier Roger Cook, and seemingly flowing down into the strategies of a number of companies across the state. You recently took a deep dive into the subject for the magazine. 
What's the state of play for downstream processing in Western Australia? Uh, well, Jack, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's, there is already a lot in, in process at the very first stage of, uh, of battery minerals uh, processing. So uh, BHP uh, has its nickel sulphite plant already up and running. Uh, Tianchi has a lithium processing plant that's, um, you know, it, it's commissioned but, but, but has, you know, hasn't really ever reached full throttle and they're looking at expanding. So that's, that's, a, big, that's a big move. And the same down Albemarle down at Kemerton. Mm. Um, so there, there's sort of an existing structure but there's a lot more going on, and that that involves, as I mentioned, both those sort of existing plants um, expanding. Uh, you've got um, you've got IGO Wailu looking at doing their own thing, um, and then you've got a bunch of um, uh, sort of more nascent kind of projects in the wind that are some lithium, some not. Uh, a lot of them are cathode. Uh, active materials so that's the next stage so they'd right. use some of you know for, like they'd use BHP's nickel sulfate as a as an input um, there's a lot of projects in Quinana but there's some at Collie and there's some uh, at least one up in the Pilbara um, and we're talking here about well I've got I've counted up 7.4 billion in projects um, and obviously most of those are the sort of the big expansion projects of existing works and some of that other very similar stuff. Yep. But there's there's a lot going on. There's no doubt about it. Yep. It's, it's an interesting one and it's something that I've always been curious about. I suppose whether or not there's a difference in the rhetoric politically around this versus what's actually happening on the ground. Because I know that there is a big push uh, for us to go further downstream um, from the government side, um, but whether or not that's actually playing out with the companies, what's your take? Well, I think I think it is quite real. Um, maybe for the first time ever. Um, yeah. So you're right. We've talked about downstream processing so many times, and you know it's the big lost thing. You know, we we produce all this iron ore, but we don't make steel. Yeah. And we've had two very decent goes at making steel. Well, I don't know. It's arg. You could argue whether they were decent goes, but Rio had a crack, and BHP had a crack. Both of them spent you know a billion plus. And but it was on sort of radical steel making technology mm. or you know hot briquetting and everything. It was a processing level um, rather than just trying to make a steel making plant. Of course, there was um, Kingstream steel at Geraldton, which um, you know hit the wall in the late nineties. Uh, so we have seen attempts, but but nothing like what we're seeing now. Um, and if you if you take there's a couple of reasons I think. One is there's there is this gnashing of teeth over the last decades of missing out on processing, so we need to do it. Um, secondly, there's it is actually happening. So you know, because of the great lithium um, uh, project there at Greenbushes, uh, and being close to the city and being close to a major industrial area, there has ended up being processing that's taken place that's been more uh, more easily uh, done, although it still has its issues. And then I think the really uh, and, and you've got a government sitting there with a lithium valley kind of policy wanting to happen, and you know a lot of these projects that I've listed here have got some sort of government funding, yeah. right, or government land or whatever. And then the final bit is this rift between the U.S. and China, which has everyone alarmed because China pretty 
pretty much controls almost the entire uh, battery minerals, critical minerals sector. And one way of changing that is for other countries to do some processing and and we have both the minerals and the energy here. So that's kind of what's happening. I think that makes it more more real than previous discussion. But, you know, anything can happen, Jack. And we all know that lots of talk and even lots of funding and government funding and government will doesn't necessarily make something happen. The geopolitical angle to it is fascinating. I mean, geopolitics can change so quickly. So... Uh, absolutely. And just to throw in there, you know, a lot of it is based on American policy now and, uh, and, and, and the way they are trying to re-engineer their own economy and get things happening there. And they could easily put up a trade barrier or, you know, so rather than thinking we're their friend, they c- it could become a challenge politically. We don't know. So, we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned, obviously, lithium's the one that comes to mind, uh, but there are other areas that we're looking at going downstream as well. Can you touch on a few of those? Yeah, so the biggest one is uh, vanadium. Yep. And there's not only Australian vanadium, uh, which has a, uh, is developing mine in the Midwest, um, and there are some other vanadium mines there, so they're hoping to kind of aggregate, the I think, the, um, the mineral production in the area and process it just near Geraldton, where they've got... Uh, and that they'll turn that into uh, vanadium pentoxide. Mm. And then they've got, uh, sort of simultaneously in a way, they've got a plant uh, that they're developing in Wangara in Perth to do electrolyte, which is another phase in that. Yep. And I think what they're planning to do, vanadium uh, batteries are, are um, quite, you wouldn't put it in a car, right? They're, they're big um, and they're and lots of water. And very so they're very heavy as a result. Right. So their idea is they're going to build some batteries and make the electrolyte in Perth and in other centres around Australia, wherever the batteries are, and then ultimately sort of retrofit their own um, their own vanadium hydroxide and you know kind of like so the the battery technology is not theirs; it's old technology actually and originally Australian technology. Wow. Now they're not the only ones in in vanadium. Uh, there's a few, but they're the kind of they're the most integrated mine to kind of uh, battery kind of player. Yeah. And there's another group out there um, uh, in the graphite area, international graphite, and they've you know a little bit more basic, but they've got some. Graph, they've got some land at Collie. They've got a project there to, to do graphite, which is integral to many batteries. And they will ultimately also hope to mine down around Hopetown and bring the graphite up. But at the moment, they would look to import whilst they do. So it's kind of, there's a lot of that going on. There's actually efforts to get the processing going before the mine goes, which is, which is unusual, mm. I think. Um, and look, lots of other little bits and pieces, um, which I've listed there, Lumina, is another part of that. Um, and, of course, there's just pure battery builds going on that, that, that are just more part of infrastructure, really. Yeah, of course. So there's obviously a lot of money and uh, energy being invested into this battery sector at the moment in the order of billions, as you touched on um, in your story. Mark, is the, is the dream achievable in Australia? Oh, I mean... I mean, I, I kind of think it, 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 it kind of has to be, you know. There's been so much government will thrown out this and deadlines and 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 as as crazy 
as it might seem to try and do it all in the time frames they're talking about. Um, there, some of it's going to happen, even if those goals don't get met, and even if the time frames get stretched. Some of it's going to happen. Mm. If you're going to build renewable energy generation, you just got to have batteries. If you're going to have batteries, some of that's going to be done here. Some of it's going to be done elsewhere. And they're very different, these things. You know, building a big battery to take, uh, you know, large-scale energy for the Swiss is different than lithium for cars or, um, you know, again, vanadium for resi or, 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 or a mine site. So there's lots of pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a fair way down the track. Um and all these players, there's a lot of different players. This is not just a few people in the mining game. There's lots of other interested investors. Uh, the one up in the Pilbara is a UK listed firm that wants to process the lithium from the area, then take that processed lithium to the UK and produce batteries. So, you know, there, there's all sorts of parts of the chain going on. Mm, fantastic. It's a really interesting read and our listeners can find it online as of today or in the most recent edition of the magazine. Mark, thanks a lot for joining me today and, and sharing your insights into it. It's one we'll keep watching. Thanks, Jack. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.